Lou, I am very excited for the coming week. Uh, pl- I have speak to many, that. I have many surprises and things, not, not for really our listeners, but more for you. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think a couple of weeks ago already, you said, so I'll be in Madison on Saturday. Correct. You said that you have a surprise for me. Yeah. And you haven't given me any hints as to what this surprise could possibly be. No. And I am not dumbfounded. Okay. All I know is it's going to be, you're not going to be disappointed. I think I, I might be. You, I could hype this up to be like the best surprise in the world and it would exceed those expectations. I'll, I'll be the judge of that, I, su- yeah. I suppose. And I know it will for you too. I, I, it's the most beautiful surprise I have ever created in my life. Oh, so, so this is your creation. That's the first hint that you've given away. <laughs> and that might be a misleading hint. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Well, speaking of hints, do you want to talk about what we have planned for the coming for in like a week or so? Yeah, I guess it's more so what you have planned for yes. me next Wednesday. Yes. As next Wednesday, you're sending me not on a scavenger hunt. You're sending me on a manhunt. Yes. So you are going to be given, I guess, should we put a time limit on it? Like if you don't find me within a time limit, I win. Hey, yeah. See what time were we thinking about starting this? Um, I'd say like nine or ten. Nine or ten a.m. So yeah. how about uh, let's say that would put us three o'clock in the afternoon, six hours. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. And if yeah, I wish I knew how complicated some of the the riddles are that I I have written out. Because in my head, they're like, oh, that makes sense completely. But the mm-hmm. thing is, I, I shared it with one of my roommates and like uh, just showed them the hints and let them try to figure it out. And some of them he got stumped on. But once I told him, then he's, he's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, but see, to me, I feel like it should be a couple hours. But I think six hours okay. is a fair, yeah. a fair time limit. And if I don't get it by then, I likely would never find you that's true that's true and i would have but succeeded. i think that that would be even more hilarious i think if you know it's we start this on wednesday and it's friday afternoon and i'm i'm still on the hunt you're still you looking know? for me yeah <laughs> have to skip thanksgiving because you're you're on yeah. a manhunt yeah yeah so that, we got that plan blue do you have any fun stories wait i should introduce this episode huh that might not be the worst idea we're, you've ever had. we're on episode 12 of big dog radio we have 12 weeks 12 weeks that's three months lou that is and to think we didn't even have we didn't even anticipate making a past episode two episode one for that matter right we were stuck in our tracks on episode one we couldn't even figure out how to get a proper recording going on no i mean we, we tried like three different locations and then we realized that we're better off probably just over zoom yeah but this week on episode 12 we have a rodeo clown coming to town. We actually already got to interview the rodeo clown last week. So we're just going to insert a clip of his interview here now. Well, not right now, but in this episode. But otherwise, we have our spotlight segment coming back. Um, listener questions, maybe. And our hot corner maybe. and our chopping block. And then we'll wrap it up with the big dog's final thoughts. Melvin. I, I had this thought earlier today. So there's an animal 
that's referred to as the mouse, correct? The mouse, correct. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the computer mouse. Mm-hmm. Right. So if so, what is the plural of the computer mouse? Would you say mice? I have like I have a bunch of computer mice. Would you say no, that? No, you don't I mean, think so. Yeah, like I think you're supposed to. Really? But that's when you said when you said that, that sounded very wrong. Right. Yeah. Like you wouldn't say I have computer mouses, would you? I feel like or, that sounds better say, than mice. Yeah, but like the plural for mouse, like oh, we have mice in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah, you should see my computer mice collection. No, I don't want to see. I, I've been fascinated mice. by this for, for a few hours now. I think that it's good that we never have to refer to them as mice or mouses because that's well, very I, uncomfortable. I, I mean, I me. think you, I think you could, because like, let's say someone's in need of a computer mouse. Uh, hey, do you have any, uh, do you have an extra mouse? Yeah, I got a couple extra mice laying around the house. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, oh, it just sounds so weird. Computer mice? Not that, not, I agree. I mean, that's that's kind of like, so the plural for goose is geese. And I don't right. like that it's not meese as the for plural moose. for moose. That's Mooses. uncomfortable. And I don't like that. I think it's just moose. Know what I think we need to implement in the language is, you know how like define plural for, go ahead define boundaries for our plurality. Yes. Yeah, and I, that boundary, I don't think we should even use like s at the end of words. You know how octopus and platypus, or octopi and platypi, and yes. I think every single word, if we add an i, it should be plural rather than this and just make that world r- wide like goose eye goosey hmm. look at all those goosey or goose eye i have a collection of ha- hattie what would that be hat hats oh hats. Hat, hat tie hat tie hat tie i don't That's hate that way. i don't hat hate tie. that do you have any and a mouse a computer mouse for me no, but I have some mice, mouse, mouse eye, eye. <laughs> mouse eye. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that could get hairy pretty quick. Mouse eye. No, I like it. I mean, so, like we, we, our development in, in the English language so far is we've gotten rid of the letter W. Correct. We haven't come up with a solution for that, by the way, yet. And put an I at plurals. Well, I don't know if we got rid of the double, the double U. I think we just need to rename it. Right. I, yeah, yeah, we did come up with the letter. The letter can stay or something. Mm. The letter can stay, but it just cannot go on as W because it's in fact not a, a w. w. It's not a W. How can you call it a W? It's not a W. You know, since since we had that conversation, I started trying to draw my W's as actual W's, mm-hmm. and it's very uncomfortable. I mean, you you can do it that way. I believe that's how I write it. In fact, but but the but the standard for the letter. The letter itself, it's usually written in the V form. Right. Just two Vs. Connected. And in fact, in Spanish, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's a doble V, which would be a double V. That is true. So they, they're they onto something. 
I still think it's ridiculous that they call something a double of something else. Yeah, I don't think the, you can do the that. Alphabet. I don't think that's right. allowed. Because every other letter is just one constant long when you say it, except for W. Except in, in Spanish, they have Ygriega. They need to get rid of that, too, I think. Ygriega. That's, uh, that's Y, isn't it? Correct. I, I don't think we need the letter Y, either. Yeah. I mean, you make too many changes, then. Right. People go along slope. with it. No. Okay, see, we'll stick see, with like, those first two changes. But, like, what's the Supreme Court doing right now? Um, like, if they want to actually tell you what the Supreme Court's doing right now? Well, I mean, like, if they want to address some real topics, let's let's rename the letter double, W. That's yeah. what I think is more important than probably what they're working on right now. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Lou, do you have any other thoughts this morning before we dive into everything? Nah, I have a lot of thoughts. None probably worth sharing, though. That's fair. Do you, well, I guess do you want to share your spotlight segment right away then? Yeah, might as well. Uh, my spotlight segment this week comes from the Wall Street Journal. This is a topic we've actually talked about a couple times on this podcast. The headline for this article is, Are AirPods Out? Why Cool Kids Are Wearing Wired Headphones. And as as we've established on this podcast, I am a wired headphone wearer. Always have been. Now, here's, here's my issue with this. This might be the only thing that gets me to buy AirPods. Is if now all the cool kids are going to, cool you know, kids, yeah. all the hipsters are going to like, I don't want that image. I don't want that. I don't want people walk around being who's this hipster whale with his, you know, corded headphones. If that becomes the case, I might have to actually transition to AirPods. Right. That'd be the only reason. Now, Lou, I actually was thinking before this podcast, if I should bring this up to you or not, because I, I was afraid you're going to, you probably still will tear me apart for it. But every week, Probably about once a week, as we're recording our podcast, something like malfunctions a little bit in my in my AirPod, mm-hmm. and I can't hear you talk for about four to five seconds. So I just have to bank on the fact that you just keep talking during that time, and I can just nod along and pretend I'm hearing what you're saying, even though I can hear nothing. And then the, see that the doesn't happen with the corded in. with the corded headphones. I mean, I, I would no, be fine. If I would be fine if corded headphones became mainstream again, because then I'd fit right in. But I don't want to be the hipster whale walking around with corded headphones. Right. Like, I know, know exactly what you're saying. Nobody you know, wants to be I that was hipster guy. I was uh I was part of the resistance. And now these people are gonna come over and take over my cause. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. No, not happening. Get out of here. Go back to your airpods. So, so what did Wall Street Journal have to say about this? Uh, I couldn't tell you. You just saw the headline. Yeah, you need a subscription to read Wall Street Journal articles. But this headline got me going. We have to get rid of that as well. What, paywalls behind articles? Yeah. Yeah, What's people just want to, you know, read and learn, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I guess Wall Street Journal is one thing. But we have a, a local newspaper in our hometown. Yeah. That charges you to, like, read their online articles. Yeah, I, I don't know how they make a go of things, to be completely honest. With you. Right. We're not going to say any names. Well, very. Yeah, we won't. We but won't list the Herald Times reporter, the Herald Times reporter. Not saying names, though. Um, Like 
nobody really wants to read that. But no. they're trying to charge people to read it. Like they should be happy if somebody reads an article of that. Yeah, I mean, like, place. you know, five clicks on an article for them, you know, get some people, get some eyeballs on it. Right. I, I can't imagine anybody's paying for these articles. Well, that's like anybody. me and you. That's like me and you trying to charge people to listen to their our podcast. Like, what do we have? Maybe 50 people tops listening to our podcast. Ah, I think numbers are a little bit better than that, Mel. Okay, let's. Well, I don't even know how many. How many? You, you're the numbers guy. You're the analyst. Actually, guy. I haven't looked in a while. If I had to guess, hmm, this is actually a tough one. Now, this well, is like actually you, this you is a good opportunity numbers. to tell people right now if you're listening to download the episode, yeah. please. Um, but other, well, I, I mean, maybe maybe two hundred between two hundred and five hundred people. Are those the only numbers we get when people actually download them? Uh, no, we get plays. You can see plays. But okay, I mean, like, like the number that matters is downloads. Okay, but uh, and, I, I, I guess I'm saying carry on. I guess I'm saying it'd be like us with 200 listeners, then saying, "Oh, we're gonna charge two dollars for you to listen to this podcast now." Yeah, uh, our listeners would go to approximately zero. I exactly. Think. I don't. I don't even think like our families would listen. I don't think I would listen. No, I, yeah, I have listened to some of our, our previous ones. If, if I had to pay money to do that, no, I wouldn't, I would not. We don't have that much interesting to say. I don't think I'd listen to anyone talk about anything. No, I mean, I guess people in a way do pay if they listen on Spotify. Do you, we aren't you, seeing any wait, of that. Wait, so if you have, so the podcast episodes on Spotify aren't free. I actually have no clue. I just, I have Spotify. So I mean, I, I, Spotify, I have Spotify I too, but like Apple Podcasts would be free, or they are right. free, I should say. Yeah, for the Apple people, and anyone. I mean, anyone can get that app. Or actually, I don't know. Can, uh, can an Android no, yeah, download? Yeah, Apple? I can. I can go on my laptop and actually listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Okay. So I, I don't know about Android people. Speaking of Android people, that that is is wrong. Owning an Android, yeah, I agree. I mean, the user experience with with an iPhone is just so much better. Right. So I used to have like a Samsung Samsung S something when I was in high school, and I'm convinced that Apple purposely made. Every single like picture or video sent from a Samsung phone looked like it was videotaped on a microwave or something. Right. And, and like the thing right now with Samsung is they claim to have a better camera, I believe. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they have, or even at that time they had a good camera because if I look at it on my phone, it'd be like, Oh, that looks pretty clear. I can see the picture very clearly. And as soon as I send it to an iPhone, you, you couldn't even make out somebody's face in a picture. So I'm convinced is that the how that works? from what do you mean? Like, uh, so it, the quality is good on the Samsung, but when it goes right. to an iPhone, it's not. I, I am pretty certain. Okay. That's, that's the way I saw it. Unless just something about the looking at it on a Samsung just looked better than when I was looking at the picture on the iPhone. Well, I, I do remember sending pictures 
from my my phone and like people would show me that show me it on their iphone be like your photo quality is crap and i'd be like it looks fine on here so i'm convinced apple did that to convert people from the samsung to the iphone so because people are getting heckled by their iphone friends i i believe it i mean like i said the user experience on an iphone is you know 10x of what it is on a samsung samsung's are rather clunky devices you know they don't always work the best but uh, iphones seem to have a smooth quality experience yeah i do like the iphone ever since i shifted over i would never go back i think that's one thing that's similar to your corded thing corded headphone experiences what do you mean people having androids and being unwilling to move over to the iphone because they're part of a resistance i I don't i don't think that's part of a resistance those are just um i don't know how to put it unwise people and and a lot of in a lot of times it's just because like they've never had an iphone right that's what i'm saying so they're not willing to get an iphone in in my case the corded headphones are better than the airpods they just are (laughs) exactly see you're in the exact position as the android users they say oh that the android phone is just better yeah but it's not than, than the iphone but it's not Exactly. The same exact scenario. No, no, because your corded, your no, corded, because the corded headphones, headphones are, are not no, better yes, they are. than the AirPods. No. They, mine don't my, my corded ones don't ever lose sound like your AirPods do. I, I have, have a much to, I have a much lower I don't chance. Have to untangle my I have cord a much lower chance I... of losing them. Second. Right, because there's a fat cord connected to them. I don't see how that's a negative. Having a cord? corded headphone. Yeah. Well. That's not, is it really that big of a deal to have a cord? Yeah, it's harder. It's more difficult to manage. I know I came into I this, so. this podcast today and I, I like walked in the, in the room and I opened up the Zoom meeting and I clicked it, turned it on and I was good to go. And I was sitting here waiting for you, dilly dallying with your dongle and all sorts of different cords. No, 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 no. That, that's, for the, Just to, that's for the snowball mic here. That's for that, the snowball. That I don't, I, do you see me yet? Yeah. Well, that goes into the Mac. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, you Wait, had you to plug to in your, your headphones to an extra cord no, I'm, this and is then a snowball to your computer. Mic. This is a snowball mic. This, well, these what aren't about my your headphones? headphones. These? Yeah. I mean, these these aren't, like, I don't wear these on public, Mel. This is like a gaming headset. But, I mean, you had to use the extra piece, didn't you? To yeah, sure. Pl- it plugs in. That's not a big deal. It takes me two seconds to plug it in. It takes me zero seconds to open up my phone and I'm already connected. Have fun charging. Okay. Every single excuse in the book, Lou. All right. My spotlight segment this week. I just heard this on the radio this morning, so I am going to speak on it. And this, this is only for our very early listeners. People that get up at five in the morning, right when the episode releases, and here's the episode immediately. Okay. This Thursday at McDonald's from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. during their breakfast, they are selling egg McMuffins at the price that they first originally sold for when they were made. And that price is 63 cents. Interesting. So 63 it, it, cents. Is that at McMuffins. any given Mc, McDonald's? 
I'd assume so. Yeah, it, they're like celebrating the anniversary of of the egg McMuffin, and that's on Thursday. That's not Thursday. Yeah, yeah, that I, I don't know if releases. I have any interest in that, really. I mean, I could you imagine what the lines are going to be like? You saw when they did that curd burger at Culver's. Oh, right. But it's I think the difference... Sold off by like 10 a.m. People were eating cheeseburgers at 9 in the morning. It was incredible. I think the difference between those two is you go to Culver's and you wait probably five, six minutes for your Thanks, food. You expect to wait a little bit. Not a problem. Bit. You expect to wait a little bit. McDonald's, before you're done saying their or- your order, they have the food ready for you. Now, I, that might speak to their quality of food. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. However, I think they could pound out 500 Egg McMuffins in so the, so this five is, minutes. So these are the Egg McMuffins. What, not, not, the, the other? not the Snossage McMuffins. I think it's... But, or, or are these like egg and sausage? <laughs> the sn- the sausage. I'm unsure about the sausage. Okay, you don't know this the the sausage status, or what, well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. The the sausage status with with these McMuffins, you're uncertain of. I'm uncertain of that. Okay, and, and so did they're... you recognize how ridiculous you sound saying snossage when I started saying <laughs> yeah. <it? laughs> yeah. Well, no, I tried to say it a third time and it didn't go over well. Right. What's do you have a story behind the snossage? Why do you no, say that's snossage? just what it is? It's a snossage. Like sausage. Okay. That's just a disgusting word. Here's another change we need to make. All snossage. the all the snossage and egg McMuffy. Yeah, Melvin. No, you like know. that? I don't know what we're the doing. McMuffy. <laughs> we're gonna get arrested no, for this. But yeah, on on Thursday. So if any of our listeners listen before before ten a.m. Interesting. I I bet we get like maybe two people that are in that position. Ah, I would have guessed about zero. <laughs> you mean out of our two hundred plus listeners, you don't think one person listens right when they wake up? Yeah, they they might actually. Like I have, I'm able to see that when people like download the episode most often, I think that is our most popular time is like right in the morning on, on a Thursday. Those are all the dedicated loyal listeners. Yeah. I mean, like I get a notification that's like up on my screen when I wake up, that says big dog radio episode 12 now available. So I'm sure people click. Okay. Yeah. I I guess you got it. You probably have to be subscribed already to get that. Yeah, you do. You do. But if you do do that, if you take advantage of the 63 cent egg McMuffins, send us a tweet. Let us know because I'd be impressed. Also, speaking of that, if if you do have listener questions, please do submit them. Yeah, we are. We are in dire need. We are. Well, should we should we hop to our interview with our rodeo clown? Let's have a chat with the rodeo clown. Yeah, let's do it. Well, Randy, do you have any questions for us before we kind of dive into things? Oh, not really. Uh, That's one reason I never took journalism in school. I don't know the right questions. (laughs) All right, I I love it. I have an answer for any question that you ask, pretty much. Okay, awesome. I'm excited for this. All right. And we are now here with randy oliver a rodeo clown and randy you have been a rodeo clown for 52 years is that correct yes sir started in august 1970 okay that's awesome so 
we we're from Wisconsin, both me and Lou, and we have never experienced a rodeo in our lives. So one, can you just like describe the atmosphere of a rodeo for us? And then also what is your job at this rodeo as a rodeo clown? Okay, the atmosphere um, can get pretty electrifying. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you guys are hockey fans, being from <laughs> Wisconsin. Is that would that be a correct assumption? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, well, I, I played amateur ice hockey for two years, and the the uh, atmosphere is a whole lot the same. You know. Okay. Uh, it's just a competition. I mean, you have to, you really have to be a rodeo fan, but I will tell you once that you go to one, you'll, if it, you know, if it's the right production, uh, and that's just something we work on. We have production meetings before the rodeos and we go over everything. Mm-hmm. And so much of it is, is orchestrated and choreographed outside of the animals. You can't predict what an animal's going to do, but we we get the order right. You know, this mm-hmm. happens then, and this happens, and then you know everything goes down their tail, and everybody has a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, my job is entertainment, comedy entertainment. Um, actually, I fill in the the blank spot. You have an announcer, and he talks. It and it's kind of like a color guy doing a a football game or a hockey game, baseball, you know, you have an announcer, your your broadcast fella, and you have the other guy that does the color. He, he's usually a former player and knows the ins and outs of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, my deal is to, to add some, some humor and some entertainment there, but you have an announcer that has a job. He has a cowboy to talk about. He has an animal to talk about. Uh, he has sponsors that, that have been put on the deal. He has to mention them. He has to give them their deal. He has a full job. But if something goes awry somewhere and they need a minute, you know, well, we've we got a little stall here. That's when I step up. And I have to be 10 feet tall and right at everybody, all eyes on me, pay attention to me, not, not sit there and wonder, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. That's my time to step up do something to to entertain you keep the thing moving and then as soon as that's they're back to they get their problem solved i gotta go back to shrinking violet i'm I, you don't see me and you don't even know i'm there okay. there are times i've described my job is like the ambulance driver if everything goes according to plan you don't even know i'm there you just come through and, and take care of business that's it. You just step up when you're needed. But now there's also times between events. They need a, a little fill in there. And that's when I come in and do a comedy skit of some sort. And, uh, and it's that now that's, that'll be a preempted spot for me. And I have, a, uh, uh, these little skits that I have sat down and written and bought props for, and it'd be a all three to five minute thing, mm-hmm. uh, just to keep everybody in the right you know uh try not to let the thing get ho-hum okay right and that's that's about about it right there and then now bull riding time um i'm the i'm the clown i'm not the bullfighter fellow 
I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not one of them kamikazes. Um, <laughs> kamikazes. But I also, I'm, I'm inside this barrel, and it's a, it's added on the outside deal. And uh, my job is I am an island in the middle of the arena that gives you a place to get to if you can't, like a safe haven type thing. Uh, remember when you was a kid and you were playing chase and you had a base? You know, sure. it's about to tag you and you'd run to get on the base and you had King's X, we call it a safe place. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a place to get to. The cowboy can get behind it to, to keep a bull from getting him or another clown can get behind it. Um, it, it. And it's up to me to pick it up and move it around and position it in a place to make it available for those Wait, guys. So, Randy, you're hiding in this barrel as, as the person's uh, on the bull? Actually, I'll move it around a little bit while he's on it, but you do everything you can not to distract the bull from his bucking pattern. If he sees much movement, he'll <laughs> So you just kind of move a little bit, but you try to get in position and before the book the, and the and rider come out, kind of be in the, in the, the right zip code, so to speak. Sure. And then if uh, and then as as the rider comes off, that's when you pick up and you move, you know, and you go towards him and you give him a place that, that he can, if he can't get to the nearest fence or back to the chute, you give him a place to get to behind you. Stay Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. At, at any point in your career, were you the kamikaze on the bull? Uh, used to fight bulls i started out fighting bulls uh and i was young and by the time i was 21 years old i had two broke necks and a broke back oh, and and then i lost a step there there's just something that i didn't have and to be quite frank i lost a little confidence and and when you do that you lose a little little nerve and you hesitate and i said guys this is i I can't do this like I did. Uh, I enjoy the clown part of the deal. I enjoy the comedy part, the entertaining. I'm just going to focus on that. I'm not going to fight bulls anymore. Gotcha. So is that is that ultimately what inspired you to be, become a rodeo clown? Were those injuries in your early bullfighting days? Or do you always kind of have that, that desire? No, my, my daddy took me to the, to the uh, North Texas uh, the big stock show they have there in January of year. I was three years old. My daddy took me down there. My dad was a calf rope. And uh, so I, I went with my dad and uh, to the rodeo. And uh, one of his friends or our friends, whatever you want to call it, uh, was there riding that day. And his wife was sitting in the grandstand. So he took me up there and sat me down beside her, and I watched the rodeo. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just a little over three years old. And uh, but boy, I just sat there with you know big open eyes and just watching everything. And uh, a little later, he came up and and he said, "Come get me with me." And he got me by the hand and he took me down to what we call the clown room. Uh, it's the dressing room where the clowns all used to keep their props and used to do their, their dressing up. It's a dressing room, locker room. Mm -hmm. And he took me down there and he introduced me to the man who was the bullfighting clown fellow there. There were three, and there's one of them, and he was a longtime family friend. And uh, this guy was like six foot one, six two, 
and uh and here I am, three. I mean, this guy was a giant, you know, <laughs> but he was just something. He shook my hand and he talked to me, and, and it was a, just one of those moments. And um, so then he took me back up there with this lady, and he set me back down. And here come the bull riding time, and I watched those guys intently what they did working with those bulls. And I went home, and I started making passes at the cat, um, my dog. Um, I jumped over a little stool. I watched one of them guys jump a jump a bull's head, jump over between his horns. Yeah. I set my tricycle up, tried to jump between the handlebars. Uh, I did everything I could to emulate everything I had seen them guys do that day. Yeah. And that went on and just on and on. And as the older I got, the more I did, the more things I would do. Now we lived on a ranch, and um, had. Oh, I got a slew of cousins. I come from a big family, and me and several of our cousins were always finding calves in a corral, and we'd try to ride them, and we'd ridden sheep, we'd ridden pigs, we'd ridden everything that you could, ponies, anything that you could get on, we rode it. And uh, and, and and I'd wind up being the the clown guy, you know? Sure. And... Uh, and I, if one of them fell off and if there was a problem, I'd try to make sure that I was between them in any situation. It was just something I, I took into doing. Yeah. At 16 years old, I was at a rodeo and uh, I met the guy there that was the clown. And it just happened to be that his wife was one of my babysitters back when I was three or four years old. And me and this guy made super friends and he became one of my mentors and I followed in his footsteps and just happened to be as luck would have it the guy that I'd met when I was three years old big super giant fella uh was there and saw me at my my debut and um, he kind of gave me some pointers and talked to him and for the next uh 10 years I followed those two guys I listened to the things they told me and they mentored me and they helped to hone me, train me, and develop me into what I am. That's awesome. So that was around 52 years ago that that, that was. So are, are you still doing rodeo clown things, or are you, are you retired yes, at the time? You are? Right now, I'm getting ready to head to Las Vegas, um, and uh, we have our annual convention there, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to book every rodeo what I can so that's how we we plan our our next year there's a convention and all the rodeos come there the rodeo committees and then all your stock contractors your trick riders your announcers trick ropers bull whip party all all your contract act people your clowns your bullfighters we all meet there and for three days it's like the new york stock exchange it is just <laughs> dog eat dog people trying to get contracts okay so randy is this a full-time gig for you or is this something you do more so in your free time uh well it is a full-time thing but it's a uh and, and these days I'm, I'm 67 years old i'm i'm slowing down um there has to be what i call life after rodeo and I own a silversmith business. I make Western jewelry, and I make a lot of the trophy buckles that you'll see these guys wearing. Mm. And uh, I make all kinds of other stuff. And it's a deal that I've been setting up for 20 years now for whenever I do decide to retire from rodeo. I have 
a business because we have no retirement plan. We have no 401k. We have no, no type of security after afterwards. And so, uh, this has been my little deal that I've set up to, to take care of me in my after years. So mm-hmm. I, I divide my time between the two. And, uh, but for years it was a full-time job. Cool. It, 30. I tried one time to book 40 weeks out of the year. Okay. Never got it done. I have been very active 35, 36, seven weeks a year. And, uh, that's a lot of the time, especially when you're you're figuring that uh, there's very little going on during December other than our big national finals. Uh, there's four weeks in January and February. There's not a lot if you're not in one of the big buildings. So you, there's 12 weeks out of the year. Well, it's 52. That's only at least 40. So I only had very few weeks off. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you were working plenty over those 52 years. So in in those 52 years... Can you just tell me your favorite story or the funniest story or just your favorite memory in those, those years? Wow, man. <laughs> There's a million of them. Uh, sure. How, how to, to pick out my favorite? Uh, man, uh, that, that'd be hard. Uh, I know I'll think of something in just a minute, but um, off the top of my head, uh, man, that's a, uh, I don't know. Ask me something else. Let me think of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was, I actually looked on your Facebook just, uh, pretty recently and I saw a video of you on this mechanical horse going through a Whataburger drive through So, so first I want to say I was in Texas once in my life and I absolutely, I, we went to Whataburger and it was life-changing for me because Whataburger is unreal. It's so good. No free ads. <laughs> but, um, uh, then I wanted to ask. Did you make that horse yourself? It looked pretty cool. You did. It was a brainchild, brainstorm I had one day driving across Oklahoma in the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I was listening to the radio, and uh, the song came on. There's uh, no song from the 1960s. Uh, I'm a long, tall Texan. I ride a big, white horse. If you regard yeah. that at all. Yeah, I know that one. Okay. <laughs> And I started thinking of this song, and I was going, hey, that's a cool song. I need to do something with that. Sure. And I started thinking, I said, uh, what I need is a big white horse. Yeah. And, I, and, and the guy's a sheriff. He says, I'm a long tall Texan about a big white horse. Uh, I'm a long tall Texan, wear a 10-gallon hat. Uh, I enforce just. I'm the, I'm the law. I enforce justice for the law, blah, blah. And <laughs> Man, it, this just sounded too perfect. And I said, we need to do something with that. I said, I need a big white horse. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, my daughter has one. Uh, but wait a minute. you got to acclimate them to the pistols, the shooting. And then you have to haul them. You have to have health papers. You have to have vaccinations. You have to have all this stuff crossing state lines. It's just miserable. Mm-hmm. You have to feed them. You have to stall them. Oh, it's just way more. And I said, what I need is something, I don't know, like like one of those horses in front of the Western stores or feed stores. And they do. They make these big fiberglass horses, and they'll put them in, out at the road in front of the feed stores around here in the Western stores. And I went, ding, <laughs> <laughs> And I 
I said, man, that would be great. Now if I can make it mobile. Yeah. And I just started thinking, and in about 20 minutes, I had the whole skit written out in my head and had it planned and uh, how to do this. It took me seven months to build it, uh, to get the uh, the deal. But that's one of the rodeo skits that I do, this long, tall Texan thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw some TV commercials. I saw one of the Dairy Queen. That's a big thing in our area. Mm-hmm. And I saw a guy riding his horse through the drive-thru at Dairy Queen. Okay. And then I saw some people, uh, I saw one time uh, pictures of a horses being tied up in front of the Sonic or something, you know, and I thought, no, wait a minute, you know. So I went one day, I got a friend of mine, and we went to the bank, and I went through the drive-thru, and we videoed it. <laughs> we went to the Dairy Queen, we went to the Sonic, and we went to a Whataburger. Yeah. <laughs> And I went through the drums and all these, we photographed and videotaped it. And I have sent these videos to their corporate offices, hoping to, that they'll say, this is our next TV ad. Right. right yeah. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> we might have to get on their case about that. Yeah. Help you out there. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Hopefully one day you'll be on uh, watching your favorite uh TV program and a commercial will come on for Whataburger or Sonic or somebody, <laughs> and you'll go get <laughs> <a> mechanical horse. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Randy, yeah. if I had one of those, I'd be riding it around town daily. When when you don't have a job, you get creative how to create income. Right. True. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, marketing. I'm just trying to sell myself out there. Yeah, I love it. Entrepreneurship. I love it. Um, so then you've been participating in a lot of rodeos and I'm assuming a lot of them are, are like in the Texas area. Is that correct? Oh, no. I've rodeoed 37, 38 of the continental United States. Really? Uh, oh, yes. I've been all over the country and I have seen more of the world than a lot of people in the Navy. I've been on in seven countries on three different continents. Okay. Uh, do you think that, have you, well, I guess, have you ever been to Wisconsin with the rodeo? Uh, I've been all around it, but I don't recall. Yes, yes, I've been to Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, and I was at, uh, let's see, Prairie Duchene. Oh, Wisconsin. sure. So I'm currently living in Madison, but I, I have never seen a rodeo, so I have to keep my it's eyes been, open for that. It's been many, many years since I've been back there. But at one time, they were, there was a really good run that I tried to do back in the in the Midwest, as they yeah. call it, uh, Indiana, Illinois. Uh, I was at uh, Indianapolis at the Indiana State Fair. Mm-hmm. I was in Kankakee, Illinois, and at the Tri-State Fair. Okay, so you you you've worked your way around pretty well then. Oh yeah, yeah. I love I love the travel. I have a lot of guys tell me, "Well, I'm not going. I just couldn't handle that road." I love it. I love the travel. I want to go from one to the other. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I guess to simplify that previous question I had, what would be like your favorite rodeo that you've been to or your favorite place you've traveled to? Not necessarily just the rodeo. Oh, wow. Well, there's, there's actually so many mm-hmm. that I really just adore. Um, and, and it's because of the different cultures. I really loved being in Prescott, Arizona. Now, they claim to be the world's oldest rodeo. 
I also was in Pecos, Texas, uh, and that's the one that I stand by as being the world's oldest rodeo, 1883. Okay. Uh, I've been at the Western Pecos Rodeo. I have been to Madison Square Garden in New York. I've been to the really? Giant Frontier Days. Uh, man, they're they're just it's really hard uh, to to de- define one from which one would be better. I was at the right. in San Francisco for years. My favorite city in the United States was San Francisco mm-hmm. until I worked in New Orleans. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that was a whole new ball game right there. Boy. So, so I guess, Randy, in, instead of your favorite story, what's kind of the craziest thing you've seen while at the rodeo? Uh, the craziest thing in, in rodeo or the craziest clown stunt? Why don't you do the craziest clown stunt? I, I think that would be interesting. About the, about the craziest thing I've ever seen anybody do, and I've tried several of them. <laughs> I've tried all the things. I was a, uh, I was about, I'm an adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. and, and I was about half kamikaze one time in my life. I'd try anything. Uh, I rode a buck and mule one time in a wash tub, and that was that was my act. Uh, and uh, instead of, we had a wash tub, I'm built onto a saddle tree and we just put it on this mule and, and I'd get in that tub and they'd turn him out bucking and of course he'd just throw me out there you just sit in a tub no way to really hold on to anything right. and um, but the, the probably the, the the wildest thing I've seen personally was uh, I saw a guy and I never really had any any inclinations any desire at all to try this but a guy had a a, a piece of half inch bungee cord and it was about 30 35 foot feet long mm-hmm. and it coiled up had a loop in it just like a rope just like a lark rope and he roped a horse that was running around in the arena it, after the rider had gotten off rider, the horse was running around and he reached out and roped him and when he did he just kind of sat down and held that rope <laughs> well it was a bungee cord and it stretched from 30 to about 90 feet. Did you just get flung? And when it stretched way, way, way out with that horse on the end of it, all of a sudden he just kind of jumped. And when Mr. It just went swing and just stuck him across. And this guy went about 20 feet in the air and he went about 75 or 80 feet just flying. And when he hit the ground on his feet, he kind of squatted and scrunched and and let that horse hit in, and he did it again. And, oh, it again. Oh, wow, look at this guy. This guy's a man. That's so, unbelievable. That may be about as wild things I've seen, and I've seen it all. I've, I've <laughs> ridden in one of those chariots that has a neck over it that was attached to a python bull. Um, they open the gate, and after go, and you're in the chariot behind him. And when he turns around to run at you, well, the chariot jackknifes, and, and he can't get you because... He's, he's on the end of this arm out there. And, sure. uh, I've ridden in that thing. Uh, I have ridden uh, every every crazy thing that you could think of behind something dragging it. We've ridden bicycles, wagons. And, uh, there was a, used to be a, a, an event called a, a, a fun deal for the locals, a scoop race. Sit down in a corn scoop and let a guy drag it with a horse and go around the barrel and back. Who did it fastest? I've ridden in that thing. Uh, but the craziest clown thing I ever seen was that guy with bungee cord. Yeah, and that I, sounds wild. And I've I've ridden bulls backwards, sitting on their heads, 
and wrap your legs around their horns, put your hand in the rope back there and just open the gate and turn him out. I've done that. Uh, I've done every crazy thing a guy could do to try to get somebody's attention to get another job. That sounds pretty, that sounds like pretty crazy stories you got there. Um, my, my, one of my old mentors, he told me, he said, he said, Randy, if you can't be better than the other guys, be different. And sure. that's the one thing I have been good at was being different. And, and so if I, if I can't, you know, beat you at what we're doing here, I'll just kind of, let me, you do your thing and I'll do mine. I'll be different. Mm-hmm. And different is what sets us all apart as entertainers. Yeah. We all do the same thing. Who cares? We're all alike, you know? Um, so it's the man that gets creative and can comes up with something new is the guy that people want. Fresh, new entertainment. That's awesome. So I was actually just about to ask you, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who just became a rodeo clown? Would that be it? To be be your, like, be yourself. Big, big thing, be be different, and uh, and to to uh, and I deal with this. I talk to guys every week that are that are new and starting out. Uh, one thing is don't give yourself away. There's so many guys will say, "Well, I just I'll work over there for free. I just want to get my name out there." Well, the, the name you're putting out there is that. Hey, look at me. I'll work free. Never never give yourself away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Figure your worth and and say this is this is what I do and this is what it's going to cost if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that so many of these guys have abandoned, and we have discussions about this weekly uh, around rodeo. So many guys have abandoned traditional attire. They don't wear the makeup, the baggy pants, the colorful shirts. They they're they're all selling out for a we call them soccer uniforms. They're pair of shorts with a jersey that match got your name on it, and it'll have a, a "Eat It Joe's" written on it, or something, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. Bill's Tire Shop, or somebody sponsoring a deal. They're they're selling themselves to billboards. I do understand that it's trying to promote the deal and you know and uh, get sponsors and more money in the deal, but. Uh, you got to dance with the one that brung you. I still wear the same attire, the same clothes that I wore in 1970 when I started. I wore the same wig 28 years. Mm-hmm. Finally wore it out and got another one. <laughs> Ran out of life. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a, the rodeo clown, you got to look the part. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Randy, this has been a pretty awesome conversation. I didn't really know what to expect talking to a rodeo clown, but I'm, I'm glad we did. Well, I haven't been uh, too long-winded on certain things. My mama said I should have been a Baptist preacher because when I start talking, I don't want to shut up. <laughs> no, we're, we're glad we got to hear the stories, have some laughs. But, um, yeah, um, Lou, do you have any, any other final comments? No, I, I guess just uh, thank you to Randy for, for joining us today. Offhand, no, just uh, – God bless everyone and keep doing it. If you follow your dream and never, never let your passion die. Whatever you do, do it with a passion. Yeah. Uh, and do not let the passion die, uh, whatever it is. And if you have a dream, follow it. Um, I remember watching the movie Flash Dance one time. I was married to a woman that didn't like me rodeoing. And she, I was 
trying not to go much and she was choking me and i saw that movie and it said the girl wanted to dance she said this this is my dream uh when you lose your dream you die that's it Mm -hmm. uh and so if if that is whatever it is if it's baseball if it's hockey if it's tiddlywinks i don't care what it is if it's rodeo if it's if it's fashion modeling if do it with passion and do and stay with it. And if, cause when you give it up, you just dwindle away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome that's advice. Randy. Same goes to you, Randy. I love what I do. Yeah. If I had a gas well, oil well, or a lottery ticket or something that paid me a big weekly salary, I would gladly do what I do for free because I love it so much, yeah. but I do it for the income. Mm-hmm. But I'd also do it for the passion that I have for entertaining. I like that. That That's a good place to be. It is. Mm-hmm. My well, biggest subjects are little kids and older people. If you're under 10 and you're over 70, you're my people. If I can make those people smile and laugh and forget about their problems for just a little bit, yeah. people in the middle, we can all take care of ourselves. But the older ones and the younger ones, I love to entertain them. And they, they're they they're much easier entertained. Yeah. And not as big a critic. Sure. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Randy, yeah, have I safe. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you coming on. Have safe travel to, to Vegas. And we hope to talk to you again. I hope so. Look forward to it. God bless all. All right. Take care. Take care, Randy. That was Quite the fun interview with Randy Oliver, our rodeo clown. Lou, our I, rodeo clown. <laughs> he's our personal rodeo clown. I I could not stop laughing when he was talking about that that uh, clown that tied himself to a horse <laughs> with a bunch of yours. Oh, how absurd! It just launches himself across the stadium. These, these rodeo clowns, I'll tell you what, they're they're some damn clowns. <laughs> they are. That was, it was it was great. But Lou, so we're moving on to our, our listener question segment, except we have a problem, don't we? Yeah, that there are no listener questions. <laughs> there are no listener questions. Oh, so th- that, that's an issue. Please go Not to our bit. Twitter at Big Doc Radio underscore and send us anonymous or non-anonymous listener questions. I think it's, is it still pinned at the top of our Twitter? It should be, yeah. Okay, but instead of our listener questions, I'm just going to ask Lou questions this week. You, so I you guess have, you could call these. So you just have questions prepared just for circumstances like this, I suppose. Well, it's they're kind of my random thoughts, like your big dog's final thoughts. Okay. I jot down random thoughts, and some of them happen to be questions. So I guess you could call this a big dog insider question. Insider trading question. Insider trading questions. Okay, I can give you an insider trading. Okay. So my first question, I have a lot of questions here, so I have to decide which ones are worthy. Well, one of these questions, I I, I just ask, why was any car designed where the lights stay on when the car is off? Yeah, you're just depleting the battery at that point. Right. Like nobody's going to really need their lights when the no. car is off for the most part. I mean, you can think of some absurd or not absurd, but some unique scenarios where you might need the lights. Or, you know, it drives me nuts. Like if, if your car is off 
and then at least for me because uh, uh my car's a hatchback i open up the trunk and then like yeah. the lights go on like the outer lights go on and then that's just draining my battery well i mean in scenarios like that it, it makes sense for lights to turn on when you open the door but i'm saying oh, like the headlights the headlights well yeah I, i'm saying like the outer lights like sure the lights oh, inside the right. car i'm fine with that but like why do well, my you got like the tail light lights out? going yeah. on and stuff I don't understand. Oh, yeah, that that wasn't really a question. It was more of a thought. Um, so I want to find actual question. Here's a question. And I know I know we've talked about this before. But do you see in two dimensions or do you see in three dimensions? Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Um. I, and I think the conclusion we came to when we talked about this before is that we see in 2D, correct? Is that the conclusion we came to? I believe so. Uh, that That's the conclusion I would come to. Yeah. So I think we see in 2D, but we understand 3D. So we're able to process that uh, into making sense out of 3D objects, even though we see in 2D. Right. And our discussion behind this is, was... Things are considered 2D if they're like on the television or whatever. Yeah. And we don't see and perceive the world any different than looking at a television. It's that same plane that you're looking at. And the argument that I I read online was that since you have two eyes, you're able to like triangulate or identify the depth or something. Yeah, but you see the same shit with one eye. Right. You see the, the same stuff with one eye. Which is where my confusion came in. Well, I mean, I quick Google search. It says that, uh, but our eyes can show us only two dimensions. Oh, so maybe the three D creatures us. living in a three D world, but our eyes can see can show us only two dimensions. Huh. Uh, well, no, no, this is contradicting now. Human okay. perception is remarkably flexible. We experience vivid three D structure. Ugh. This is this is tough. There's there's contradicting uh, reports here. Yeah. Oh, what would you say the internet's consensus? Mm, is? I, I would I would say the consensus consensus is that we see in 3D, uh, but and, the internet appears to be wrong. Yeah, they're wrong in this function. That no, we see are. in two dimensions. That's a fact. Now, Lou, my next. This isn't a question, but I need a solution. So I am coming. To the expert you know how every month you know how every month has an abbreviation correct now am i the only one that gets upset at june and july's abbreviation what is june and july's abbreviation remind me june is j-u-n and july is j-u-l like is it that hard to add the extra letter yeah that that's a good point then you got may may is just may like if we really go see see i think so they just want to keep it consistent with three letters. Right. But that fourth letter is really not that big of a deal. No, it's just an E or a Y. That's fair. Well, so what would your solution be? Should we just add the letter or do we need to restructure the whole system? See, there, see, you could either just add the fourth letter to those or perhaps create a four letter abbreviation for all the months. Right. And that but was May only my initial thought. Letters. 
right? May only has three letters. And if you're adding a letter at the end, that all of a sudden you're sitting with April with, and it's, it's abbreviation would be A-P-R-I. Yeah. Then you'd okay. be like, well, why don't we just add the L? This is actually starting to make sense to me now. You could just spell out all the months. Is that big of a deal? You know, we need to add an extra month. We've talked about this. We've before. talked about this. Yeah. yeah the 13th use, month. We could use an extra month. Like the Sabbath of months where everybody just relaxes. Mm-hmm. Don't they? Didn't and they used to have paid. that in like uh, different cultures? Duh, I know like me. there's siestas. That's just a like, It's just. It, I think some like cultures take like a two hour break around lunch yeah. while their siesta. Yeah, and that's where nobody does any work. Does that create a longer work day then? Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm no expert. Lude- I never, never claimed to be, even though I just said I was the expert. <laughs> expert of wait, what do you claim to be an expert of? Everything. Well, if, if you're an expert of everything, maybe you can explain this question to me. Oh, I have so many questions. But who is Johnny Appleseed? Did we not talk about this before on the podcast? Did we? I think we I have, think actually. We have. Yeah. Okay, I'll skip to a different one. Um, Client in his what seat is, everywhere. What is being famous? Mm, it's very subjective, isn't it? Right. And it's it's a very weird concept, too. Because in my, I guess in my mind, I have a podcast maybe five people listen to i'm famous you're famous to those five people does being yeah. famous directly correlate to just the number of people who recognize your name right what what is that line between not being famous and being famous that's a good question too because like i if like uh, like how do you determine that like is it ten thousand followers so at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine you're not famous yet but you need one more you know follower then you're famous then you're famous but I think my question, or I guess this isn't really even a question either. It's just my random thoughts. But isn't it weird that like people can become known by more people without ever encountering that person? Hmm. Like it's like, oh, I know, making who, me think. I know who Will Ferrell is. He doesn't know who I am. No, no. I, don't, I think we need to get rid of that. Get rid of famous people? people. No, I think the only people that you should claim to know are people that also know you. Like you, yeah, right. So you can't, you can't say, say oh, I, I know, know I know Will Ferrell because you don't know yeah. Will Ferrell. You know of you don't know Will Ferrell. You know of Will Ferrell. Right. Oh, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, I've heard of him. I've mm-hmm. I've seen his work. I don't know him. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we can end it at that. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't have too much to say on it. I don't either. But those were our insider questions. Insider trading. The insider trading questions of the week. If you want us to stop doing insider trading, please leave us. (laughs) (laughs) Please leave us a question on our Twitter and we will gladly answer it. Uh, SEC look away. But now we're on to our hot corner and our chopping block segment this week. And how do we want to start this, Lou? Mel, why don't you give me your hot corner? So our hot corner, my hot corner, I didn't even have up until like five minutes ago. But this very well be maybe my best hot corner of all time. That hot corner is Wii Sports dot dot dot. Wii Sports boxing. 
So, so Wii Sports Boxing, was that in the Wii Sports Resort game? It's just a normal Wii Sports. Oh, so it's in like the discs that came with the Wii? Yeah. Like that one? Oh, okay. Are, are you talking about having to fight, fight, uh, what was the guy in the red shirt? Mike? Is that his Matt? name? Matt. That's Matt. Matt Woohoo. Matt yeah. Woohoo. I haven't fought him yet. Mm. But the other night, I spent probably about two hours boxing. Boxing on the Wii. Wii Sports. And my arms are still sore. This happened on Monday, and it's Wednesday right now, and my arms are sore from it. Well, I guess that was kind of the goal with the Wii, wasn't it? Get the yeah, kids get up a little and workout in. While, while game. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I fought probably 15 opponents, got knocked yeah. down once, knocked the rest of them out. Did you? But you didn't knock out Matt Woo? No. So how, how it works is as you win, like you continue to progress mm-hmm. and you fight harder and harder opponents. And I got to, I, there's a level that you can reach and it's like, then you're a professional boxer. So I told myself, I was like, I'm either going to become a professional boxer or I'm going to lose. And if either of those things happen, I'm going to call it a night and watch Monday night football. However, I did not lose for a long time. And so I became a professional boxer. And at that point, I had already missed half of the Monday night football game because I was boxing for so long. Who even played the Monday night? Oh, that was that was the uh, Rams, Raiders. Niners. Oh, yeah. Rams Niners. Correct. I didn't get to watch any of it yeah, at the happens. end of the day. It wasn't a great game. So whatever happened no. to the Wii? That's what I'm saying. We just got it back from one of my roommate's girlfriends because she had his Wii. So, and she was actually livid that we were taking this Wii. Well, it wasn't even hers. Well, that's fair. That's a fair point. But if, if this Wii currently is not mine, and if some, if my roommate stomped in and said, this Wii is no longer a community Wii, I'm taking it into my room, I would be extremely mad. Yeah, but I, I mean, it would make more sense for it to be in the person who owns it. It would make more sense to be in their house. That's what I'm saying. I'm justifying. Okay. His girlfriend being yeah. mad because I would be upset. Oh, all right. Mm. You know, they didn't it, make it a... does make more sense having it at, at his personal house. However, it is fair that she is upset because the Wii make... is awesome. They didn't make a Wii too. That That's... is interesting. Yeah, because the way I understand it, the Wii was wildly successful. Oh, it was. For I think it was like a long duration of time too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like a quick little Yeah, people spike, still play it like now. Some things. Yeah. It's one of the more fun gaming systems. I, I think I've played the Wii more than I have any other gaming system in the past maybe six months. Really? Fully. Yeah. Well, what have you been playing on Wii? Um, Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the, one of the greatest games ever created in the history of video games, Wii Sports Resort. Yes. Sword play. Sword play. But um, what I was going to say, I think part of what feeds in to us loving the Wii so much is the nostalgia factor that comes with it because I played, um, I played switch the other day, which is a very similar gaming console than the Nintendo switch. Yep. And it's very similar in the way the Wii works, except I was playing all like the new games that came out on that console. Mm -hmm. And it just was not as fun as playing the games that I associate with like my childhoods. Okay. Right, like Wii Sports Resort, Wii Sports, Mario Kart. That might be a fair And I one. played the new, the newer version of, of Mario Kart 2. 
There's a newer and version. It's, yeah, it's like good graphics and new racetracks. Mm, I don't know if I would like that. It's not great. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, one of your one of your picks, uh, Lud- Ludwig von Koopa. He's on that game. Episode. He's on that game. Ludwig and when von I played, I, I raced with him, and he sucked. Let me I, tell you what. I uh, no, I didn't suck. Don't even say it. He sucked. Might be user error. Yeah, there was plenty of it because it wasn't the original. But Lou, what is your hot corner this week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my hot corner this, this week. This is going to be something that isn't even something you're honoring. It's just going to be a random thought of yours. Is it? No, it's actually it's actually not. No, my <laughs> hot corner is the hover hand. The hover hand. What is that? Like uh, when a guy takes a picture with a girl that maybe like you know he's not not really with or whatever it's you know the hover hand you don't want to be disrespectful <laughs> when you put your arm around like a, a girl yeah and like you a leave the hand you, off yeah you leave the, the hover, hand off hover the hand the hover hand so you're you're saying like that's a respectful thing to do yeah we respect women on this podcast that's respectable that is respectable. someone's daughter you know the hover hand the hover hand. We respect women. Have you have you ever executed the hover hand? I actually have not. I don't believe. I don't think so. I, I tend not to get I that close either. to women. <laughs> You've never even had the opportunity to <laughs> to, to pull off the, the hover hand. hand. Correct. Yeah. That's funny though. I like that. Where you? It is. It is pretty entertaining when. You, yeah, because you like run across a picture that yeah, has you, the hover you hand. don't want to overstep. <laughs> it, it is. It's an interesting thing to look at, but when you're in the situation, you know, you don't want to overstep your boundaries, you know, you you don't want to get, you don't want to overstay your welcome. You don't want to get too comfortable. It's a nice move to just hover the hand, be polite, be respectful and carry on with Uh your day. No, I think this brings up another kind of funny photo taking thing. And I I don't know if this occurs in women as well, but in men, when like you're supposed to go take a picture, there's always that awkward like second or two where it's like, are we supposed to put our arms around one another? Or yeah. Are we just supposed to stand here? Oh, and you and you never can do the right thing because if you no, don't, you can't. If you don't, then what do you do with your hands? You can't just sit there at your side. <laughs> you know, maybe you put them behind your back. You know, and then you run into in front the scenario. You, and... you run into the scenario where like, okay, I'm gonna be this guy that's like, all right, let's be buddy buddy. And and say you're on the edge, then you run to the scenario where nobody else follows your lead, and there's a picture of you with your arm around some guy, and everybody else is is yeah. not yeah. <laughs> does not have their arm. That can around happen them. too. It's always a tough situation. Yes, it is a very tough situation. Take people. What do you think, what do you think's the right thing to do though? For, in like the the case of guys, yeah, I don't no, think I, I, I don't it, know if it does depend depend on the scenario, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, so let's I, make I think, up a scenario then. I think I let someone, I think I let someone decide, like kind of take lead, and whatever they do, you know, I'll I'll kind of just go with it. Okay. Because if we're like getting situated and no, like no one's doing the arm thing, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if it's with guys, you know, a group of guys, you know, I think there's no need for a hover hand, you know. No, yeah, you, there's you're, no you're throwing that guy in a headlock, basically. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I let someone take charge. And I'll follow suit. Like you said, you can run into the situation too, where uh, the oh, like the arms over each other starts in the middle, but dies off towards the end. 
And then you got people in the middle doing it, but the people on the end, you know, there's three or four guys that, that are just standing there with like their arms crossed, you know? And then people see this picture and they're like, Oh, those three right in the middle. They're really good friends. Uh Uh-huh. The The rest rest of of these guys are kind of outcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then it's a tough look for those people on the end. Right. Or even the people that are, that are, you know, buddy, buddy, because it's like, well, they think they're better than the other guys. Mm Mm-hmm. It's never, never, everybody never in a good situation taking a picture. Right. Everybody needs to have a consensus in that situation. I I think the only time you can feel comfortable is when you pull off the hover hand. Because then you know you went into that. Not, not a good picture. Might not look proper, but you know you went into that situation. You made the most out of it. You know you were respectful. You were polite, and you're carrying on with your day, (laughs) and you can feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah. That. It is a tough situation. Lou, I had something else to say about this, but it slipped my mind. Um, shoot. Oh, well, it, it was it was a great point. But should we move on to our chopping block? Might as well. So my chopping block this week are people who go gaga over special sauces. What do you, what do you mean by a special sauce? Like a Chick-fil-A sauce? Like a Chick-fil-A sauce. Mm-hmm. What, what is Arby's? Arby's sauce. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Arby sauce? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that. But I guess Chick-fil-A does that too. Chick-fil-A sauce. You can't do that. You got to come up with <laughs> or, a name for it. What are some of the other special sauces? We have a a restaurant here in Madison that serves the set sauce. The place is just called the set. Mm, I guess Raising Cane's cane sauce. Yeah. No. All of those. And, and, and I like, don't understand the hype. Like they're it. all pretty much the same thing. At least like the Chick-fil-A sauce, the cane sauce. It's always like the, the mayonnaise, ketchup, mm. you know, a little bit of mustard, salt, pepper mix, you know? I don't yeah. know. And that's what makes it special. I don't know what else exactly they put in there. Right. But my my it's thought like the same is, thing. My thought is any restaurant can throw together any three normal condiments and add a, a spice or two, it doesn't even matter what condiment they are, it is, and call it a special sauce. Like the McDonald's had that Szechuan sauce or whatever for a while. Never heard of it. And people went crazy over it. But call it like the the big dog, the big dog sauce. And, and it's and just people ketchup. go crazy over this stuff. And it's ketchup and maybe like a little extra salt. Get those mm-hmm. sodium levels up. Right. Maybe we should do that. What, what do you think of like the Heinz? You see what they're doing now with like the ranch up, the mayo chop. You haven't what? seen this? No. You go If you go to the grocery store and go to like the condiment section, like by the ketchup, mustard stuff. Yeah. There's there's probably like five different products that, that Heinz has come out with of like mayo chop, ranch up, just different kinds of ketchup. It's things mixed with ketchup. Do a really? quick Google of it, yeah. Mayo chub, Heinz. You'll be shocked Mayo at chub. what you find. I don't really even like that combination. Mayo, Mayo and ketchup? Ranch. I bet if, if somebody put a name to it, I would enjoy it, but I can't imagine. Mm. I don't like, like ranch. That. I'm not a ranch person. No? No, if I'm getting wings, it's blue cheese. Really? I, um, I would say my favorite, I'm seeing Mayo chub right now. And it just looks like mayo, but there must be some ketchup in it. But my favorite, like, mixture of sauces is barbecue sauce and ranch. They might have that at the store. But 
and like this Heinz. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want them pre-mixed though. I, you know, I, I have to run to the grocery store today, Mel. I'm gonna go to that section. I'll send you a picture. Okay. So I'm I'm seeing the ketchup ranch now. Now it's not called ranch up. It's called cranch. Ranch. Ah, you can't do that. No. That's unless disgusting. KR stands because ketchup doesn't even have an R in it. What does KR even stand for? Well, it would probably just be ranch with a K in front of it. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, Heinz Cranch Ketchup and Ranch Sauce, it's called. Heinz Cranch Ketchup and Ranch Sauce. And some other varieties are the... Like the... For those products. I wonder how many people are buying Cranch. I can't imagine they're high. Mm, I wouldn't think so. Because, I mean, I've never seen them before. I would think at least somebody would give it a go that I, I've that like I've been around and seen, but they have not. I feel like that's What's a one-off. Shopping? I feel like that's a one-off product. You buy it one time as, you know, a little, a gimmick, see how it is, mm. but you're not going to buy it a second time. You know, there aren't oh. like, like people buy ketchup. They keep it in the house, you run out of ketchup. You go, you buy more ketchup, right? Right. You're not doing that with cranch. You're not oh. keeping cranch in the house. And I, I can't imagine that it'd be like just a staple. Like you're saying, or like ketchup is a staple you yeah like you, you like know put you, it on you, a lot of stuff you get the family over for you know fry up a couple burgers and brats hot dogs and you got a bottle of cranch <laughs> sitting out there as a condiment i don't think that's imagine happening. that i don't that think would that's not happening go over well. no we're the ketchup now we don't use ketchup <laughs> we, here we, we use cranch. cranch that Unreal. would knock over well lou All what right. is your chopping block this week my chopping block is spelling okay. now i'm a pretty decent speller Got yeah. bounced in the first round of the fifth grade spelling bee, whatever. But I, to this day, I'm I'm a decent speller. Right. I don't like the people where, you know, perhaps you're in a bit of a feud, a bit of an argument. And you, maybe in the word receive, you put the I before the E. Is that how it's supposed to go, actually? I have no clue. Or you, or you, maybe, Those are the ones Maybe I you put the E up. before the I, whatever. Maybe you do it the wrong way. And they mm-hmm. throw your valid point out completely and be like, oh, you spelled that wrong. Who gives a rat's ass? You knew what I, you know what I was trying to say. Right. That doesn't make what I was trying to say any different that I spelled it wrong. I could spell mm-hmm. everything wrong. I don't care. As long as you get my point, that's all that, that, that was my goal in the first place anyways. Now, Lou, the exact scenario I'm picturing right now is you send HelloFresh, hey, I never received my package. And they tear you apart because you spelled receive wrong. <laughs> now that has not happened, but I would not be happy if it did. Because who, no, like, I, I don't get why spelling is such a big deal. Like, I get you need to have the general, uh, like, like you have to have letters in the generally right place for people to understand what you're trying to get at. But as long as they understand your main point, what's the big deal? Right, we got to get to the ultimate goal behind this. Yeah, it's not. It's not about seeing who has the best order of letters. It's did you receive the message or not? Yeah, because like let's say, let's say Plato, for example, you know, one of uh, most famous philosophers. If his spelling wasn't up to snuff, would we take his points, or would we value his the points that he made and his ideas as much as we do? I don't think so, actually, because <laughs> no, say that. I, but but my point is, I think we should, because 
it doesn't change what he was trying to say about our world and our universe. Right. Even if it, was it would be like, like, it would be in this guy is. Yeah. Not, and then someone like deciphered that and then wrote a coherent book, like with all proper spelling and took credit for it. Those weren't his ideas. They were Plato's ideas. Mm-hmm. But pl- that is that's another uh, thing I actually want to say quick. Plato's a fraud. I don't even know what Plato did. What did he even do? He's a philosopher. He wrote the Republic. I've never read. It's uh, basically, well, this is just a theory of mine. Cause so it's written in Socratic dialogue and Socrates and that's Socrates was his, was his teacher, mm-hmm. but none of Socrates work survived. There's nothing so left. You're convinced of what that Socrates, that's so I'm convinced Socrates. that Plato's work is actually Socrates work, but he took credit for it. Well, how do you know it's like Socrates writing? If, well, I don't know that, but like it's like Plato's. Well, what's Plato, the word you use? Like Socrat- Socratic dialogue. So like, Socratic. so his book is written in the sense that it's like Socrates, like he's re- writing Socrates as a character and he's like saying like there's lines in the book of like Socrates talking, but mm. it's by Plato. Interesting. Well, do you think, do you think Socrates would quote himself? Socrates is dead. So oh, is Plato. Yeah. <laughs> what are you asking? What do you mean by that? Yeah. What, yeah. What are you asking? Why would Socrates write in his own book? That'd be like me writing in a book like... What are you talking about? He just ran into something, Calvin said. Well, no, I'm saying that, like, Socrates came up with these, like, macro-level philosophical ideas. And then, like, none of his work survived, and Plato wrote The Republic. And I think that might actually be Socrates' work. And it, like, this might just be nonsense. But... Well, that goes That's back to Socrates' work, but Plato took credit for it. Well, how do we know that they're even Socrates' ideas if there's none of his work that's available? No, see, we don't. That's why I said this is just a theory of mine. Okay. It's just a theory. I guess then what, how is Socrates like a known name? Because he was Plato's teacher. That's the only reason why he's a known name? And I, and Not I believe because he published any it's, work. It's another work. I, I, think, I think Plato wrote uh, the apology and that's again okay. written in socratic dialogue and I, I, this is pulling this is going back deep i i believe socrates was sentenced to death okay for like his ideas oh and that's like so that's what the apology was was like socrates in court pleading his case huh that's interesting. Yeah, this this has gotten off the rails. What we're even talking yeah, about? Where, spelling. where were we? Spelling. spelling. We're talking about spelling. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I don't think spelling is crucial in the fact where it's like the receive, the flip flip the letters or whatever. Yeah. But I I, I do think it, like we were saying about Plato's. Plato yeah, but well, I'm saying if you're like, having a like if you have a difficult time, you know, reading the thing in general, like if if it's gonna take you five minutes to read a paragraph, that's a problem. But like, if you make one small spelling or grammar mistake, it's not going to kill the point that someone's trying to make, and it right. shouldn't. You should not yeah, th- be called out for that. And that was the point I was going to bring up, where it's like, if if you make recurring and common errors in your spelling, it kind of re- like loses your your credibility, which is kind of what we talked about with Plato. But yeah, I, I think spelling is important to a to a point. I agree. To a point. To a point you mm-hmm. need it, but it 
what you're trying to say is what you're trying to say. Right. Spelling I think that's the consensus here. But woo, time for the big dog's final thoughts. All right. Mel, I think that every adult should get a high schooler as an intern. Just life intern? Yes. So like, I like once, that. once you reach a certain point in life, you get assigned a high schooler and that's your personal intern. Oh, you're not saying to like, you're not saying, uh, what, what are those people called? That, uh, now you're not saying an apprentice. You're saying like somebody that just works for you. Yes. Like a slave. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't, don't put words into my mouth, mouth. I'm saying like, so once you reach a certain age, maybe, I don't know, 21, 22, you're assigned. Once you get out into the real world, start working, life becomes busy. You get assigned a high schooler as part of their high school requirements. They have to serve as an intern for another person. All right. So this isn't slavery, Mel. <laughs> I don't know what like, else I would call it. It's an internship, an unpaid internship. Those exist. Yeah. So that is true. So I think because, like, for example, I could use a personal intern to keep things okay, straight. That's a me. good example. Well, like for this podcast. You know, it would teach the high schoolers some skills, you know, editing, um, social media. I think that's a that, that that's a, a fair point. Too. Now, maybe maybe as an adult, you can opt out. Like if you don't actually need an intern and think that like you just don't want this headache of this high schooler running around. But some people, sure. I think, would need a high schooler. Yeah. Just to like keep their Tell life straight. Up. It would teach the high schooler skills, valuable they skills. They can do your taxes. But also, I think there's a point here the, the adult needs to have a background check done and you need to make sure that they're a sane person because you can't have this high schooler going over to to uh, jim schmo's house and jim <laughs> schmo's a pedophile you can't have that right so like there, there has to be no i'm not like i'm not talking anarchy here i'm saying like a very defined structured system for this yeah i could use an intern well speaking of that we're still hiring yeah still doesn't pay maybe we can work that into the budget where we give them like a gift card to papa john's or something <laughs> yeah a ten dollar gift i'm card sure they're year. giving those out for free at this that's point. the salary ten dollars a year john's. papa john's gift cards yeah <laughs> that's hilarious do you have any other final thoughts lou yeah i i'm, I'm just curious because uh, i had this thought this is actually quite a while ago now Mel, what's the most Sunday night football name that you can think of? Like, if I say Sunday night football and then you, like, hear Al Michaels' voice, what's the first name that comes to mind? I had one that came into my mind instantly. For, like, a announcer, you're saying? No, like, a player a player that you think of when you just think of Sunday night football. Oh, yeah, I think of one instantly. Who? And not for a good reason. I think of Brett Favre. Oh, okay. I think of him throwing in. I still have like a a vivid memory of me when I was super young watching Brett Favre play. And he threw like some insane amount of interceptions, except that might have. I don't know if that was a Monday night game or a Sunday night game that I was watching, but I do know it was a night game. And as soon as you say Sunday night football, I think of Brett Favre. See, I had one that popped into my mind immediately. I can hear Al Michaels say it over and over again. Elvis Doomerville. That's a Sunday night football name. Wait, are you saying like a, a name that that you associate with Sunday Night Football? Why, why do you associate Elvis Doomerfield with Sunday Night Doomerville. Football? Doomerville, Elvis Doomerville. 
I don't even know who that is. Played for the Ravens, played for the Broncos. Two teams that play on Sunday Night Football a lot. And I don't know. I, I can just constantly hear in my head Al Michaels say Elvis Doomerville. That's not a Sunday Night Football name to you? I, I still don't know what you're saying when you say well, a because Sunday like, Night Football uh, name. Because, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth have done it forever. And there's teams that play on Sunday Night Football more often than others. So you start to associate players and names with, like, Sunday Night Football. Elvis Doomerville is a Sunday Night Football name. And why is Brett Favre not then? Yeah, I, I just don't associate Brett Favre with Sunday Night Football. Elvis Doomerville I associate with Sunday Night Football. Okay. Lou, I'm trying to think of other, like, smaller names that I, I'm just like, oh, I hear. Pharrell Suggs is a Sunday Night Football name. That's a Sunday Night Football guy. I kind of see it. Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Troy Polamalu. So you're just naming people that are on teams that play on Sunday Night Football frequently. Kabir Kabaja Bili Emilia. Yeah, I, I would I would say that's a Sunday Night Football name. Akbar Kabaja Darren Bilimilla. Sharper. No, I don't. No, I don't. Greg I don't Jennings. Donald Driver. No, no. Now you're just naming Packer players. Damn, yeah. No. But like what's like the, the right name. Elvis, Elvis Doomerville. What did he play? He was a defensive and outside linebacker. I believe. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to take note of the new Sunday night football people that I know. Oh, he did, well, Elvis Doomerville, he's out of the league now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's more of a nostalgic thing again. I can't just start making Sunday night football players. Victor Cruz. That's a Sunday night football Okay, player. that's a Sunday night football name. A little salsa. But that wraps up episode 12 of Big Dog Radio. Thanks for joining us this week. We will be back next Thursday. Wait, what is happening next week? It's, I oh yeah, like how are we structuring this? I don't know. Yeah, we'll we might have an episode next week. We might. We uh, will. We, we will. Yeah, I don't. I feel yeah, like to some capacity we will. Yeah, right. And then we'll release our video of Big Lou on a manhunt for me next week. I'm Mel. This is Lou, and we will see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.